Hey all, and welcome to another episode of Cricket Crime Sisters. I'm your host, Taylor, and I am happy to announce Spooky Month is still in full throttle. Any comments? I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm not going to say anything at all because it's Spooky Month. <laughs> so I did, you, uh, I did think about it, and I will be honest that uh, Spooky Season sounds better, you know, Spooky Season, Spooky Month, but I think we should make a poll. You know, and speaking of polls, for all of our Spotify listeners, what did you guys think? Did you participate in last week's poll on Kurt Cobain? I really hope you did. And if you didn't, well, go do it now because now you know, and it's going to be up until the end of the month. Um, Also, for those of you who are like, what the heck, I didn't see a poll or anything like that. You actually have to click on the episode and not just be on the frame where it has all episodes. You have to click on the individual episode and there will be a poll in there. Also... Should we make polls for Insta? Like, would you guys participate if you listen to the podcast on, like, Apple or Google or somewhere else? Like, is that something you'd be interested in? Sound off now. Um, first off, we don't even, like, post on Instagram. I so know, but maybe look at polls, maybe we so. should do better. Hmm. Hmm. I have no comment, but anyway... All right, well, we are Sisters from the Pacific Northwest, and every Thursday we're here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we are completely obsessed with true crime, but not in a morbid way, and we too realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any means, but rather crime enthusiasts who like to talk, so with that, let's get started. Disclaimer, today's case contains talk of suicide and loads of mental health. So before we start, we just want to kind of, you know, say a few things. If you or someone else you know struggles with these issues, there are many resources out there to help. Do not feel like you have to do it alone. And since this week, we will talk more about it. We just wanted to put that out there and let everyone know that it is very serious and no one should ever feel that ending their life is the only option that they have. We are here for you as well. Absolutely. And like, we're not kidding. We would love to have any interaction with anyone who actively listens, but especially if you're feeling alone or hopeless, we may not be experts at crime or anything for that matter, but we can definitely be supportive. Uh, We are for sure real people. And we just wanted everybody to know that at the end of the day, as cliche as it may sound, you know, Jesus loves you. All right. Yikes. Yikes. All right, so as you may have noticed, last week we definitely had to cut it short and end on a cliffhanger for sure. And for those of you who haven't listened to last week, oh my gosh, get out of here. You need to go get the deets before you start listening to part two, you crazies. Anyways, truthfully, we had it written out as one long episode, but just a little behind the scenes. Most of our episodes are anywhere between like 10 to 12 pages long. Uh, Kurt's original episode was over 17 pages. So rather than make like a three hour long podcast, we decided to split it up into two episodes, but we did that like while we were recording, we didn't make that decision beforehand. It was just kind of like, you know, it just happened. And I know we've gotten feedback from a few of you that you like it and you prefer when they're longer, but yeah, it just, it wasn't in the cards for Kurt. Well, yeah. And I have a life. I know Taylor doesn't have a life, but Whatever. I have a life. Like yeah. I had stuff to do. Like, I had to make soup. soup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, I know Taylor takes care of her, like, 45 kids or whatever. Yeah. And I bet that takes a lot of time. It does. But, like, making soup 
it takes a little bit. Was the slow simmer. The real MVP was the soup. Sorry, Kurt. Hold on. We're making broccoli cheddar soup. Actually, I totally used an instant pot too, so it didn't take that. Oh my gosh. But... <laughs> oh my gosh. Words like I have, I was busy. I was busy. Kurt, you could take a little little bit on the back, yeah. you know, back burner, but whatever. Exactly. But alas, we are here and we are ready to just jump back in. But we're going to give you this last warning. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go do it now because nothing's going to make sense. And if you did and you just need like a really quick recap because you've lived under a rock your entire life and you don't know who Kurt Cobain is, Tristan has got you covered. Sweet. Okay. Um, so in the last episode, we shared with you how like who Kurt was, his home life, his background, blah, 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 all about the grunge scene. Uh, we talked about how much of an icon Kurt was. And he still is. Yeah, he totally is. And his influence. So Kurt was born in 67 and was like a total normal kid. And then his parents got divorced and he kind of turns into a punk and becomes the epitome of all things grunge, punk, emo, whatever you want to say. He's he's all those things. Um, He started a band with one of his high school buddies. Obviously, they wanted to be famous, but had no idea how famous they would be. So Nirvana is one of the best-selling, most iconic bands of all time, and they hit fame hard and fast. This celebrity lifestyle wasn't really what Kurt wanted. He was pretty outspoken and eventually became openly known heroin addict, which makes sense with how famous they got. I mean, like, he had to keep up. He had to keep up. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyway, um, he met his wife, Courtney Love. They got pregnant and married and became the grunge couple of the century. And I think that's about where we left off. Honestly, in like this whole like scenario, the band becoming famous, Courtney Love getting married, blah, 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 that all happened within like what a couple of years. Yeah. So like this is like, yeah, hard and fast. No, seriously. Like it usually I mean, let's think, like Katy Perry, what? She was in the industry for like 10, 15 years before she hit fame. So yeah. for them to do it in a couple years and to have as much attention on them the way that they did, like, yeah, it was zero to sixty for them. Yeah. So, Kurt, again, he deals with a lot of mental health issues, and he has just a little bit of dose of heroin mixed into (laughs) it. So, like, it's just kind of like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. But, yeah. And then Nirvana ended up being one of the craziest, most famous known-to-man bands in the world. Yeah, pretty much. Did I leave anything out? I mean, no. I think you pretty much covered it. Um, Yeah. Hard and fast. So, like I said, we're just going to, like, jump back in. Um, In the last episode, we talked about how Kurt and Courtney had just, they had gotten married, they had a daughter, their media frenzy, whatever. So, um, Nirvana was scheduled for a tour in Europe, and Kurt actually got diagnosed with bronchitis and severe laryngitis, which he's a singer, so that's in no way, shape, or form, like, unheard of. So his doctor says, like, you have to take three to four weeks off. Like, no questions, no whatever. You have to do it. So he goes to treatment in Rome. And Courtney and the baby actually fly there to be with him. And she wakes up the next morning with her husband nearly dead in the bed right beside her, having overdosed on royphenol and champagne. Now, when I looked that up, because I was like, what the heck is that? Apparently, it's like a prescription jump prescription drug used for insomnia but it's about 10 times stronger than valium so there's that so if you know anything about valium that's what people take to like relax and stuff so this is 10 times stronger than that and he's mixing it with alcohol so that's just 
you know, that's, that's that. So here's my little two cents, and I'm sure we'll loop back on this later, but although his wife claims that this was his first suicide attempt, attempt I feel like I want to disagree because as a person who's dealt with suicide and issues like that, I don't really think that he would have attempted to kill himself with her literally in bed with him. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. My opinion is, I think that he wanted to sleep, so he's like, shoot, let's get it. Pop the pills, drink the drink. But then... It's hard because, like I said, originally I wanted to be like, oh, I don't think that this was a suicide attempt. But then um, in the scenario, I later learned there was actually 50 pills found inside his body. So, again, the pills that he was taking are 10 times stronger than Valium, and he's got 50 of them in his body. So that's just a lot. But who knows, because he was a drug addict, like where his mind was, was he just not paying attention to how much he had had? And... um. Courtney did say that he wrote a note that was later deemed most likely a suicide. But at the same time, he had also told Courtney that he was going to take all of their money and just disappear. So that's a lot jam-packed into one big thing. So Tristan, let's go ahead and unpack it. What do you got? Okay. Well, again, I think like you said before, the whole like he took pills, he was drank champagne i really don't think he was like taking sleeping pills and taking them with champagne He was probably drinking champagne before yeah and again i don't think this man eats i really don't so he's probably just had champagne all up in his body and then he is taking a bunch of pills and i don't know maybe he was one of those people that like forget how many pills they take before you know what i mean yeah that's what i'm saying like so it's really hard to say like what specifically happened in these moments. We just have stories from people who interacted with him, you know? Yeah. So he, it could have been like one of those things, you know, like those old people that have like the pill counters yeah. like each day. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like, oh, did I take my pill today? I can't remember. And they did take more. Maybe he was like, ah, well, let me take five. And he's like, oh, it's not working. Let me take like yeah, five exactly. more. Yeah, like, exactly. Like keep taking more. And maybe, who knows, he's probably high off of heroin, so he's probably jumped up crazy, like, wild out. Yeah. And then he's like, I can't freaking sleep. These pills aren't working. And he just kept taking more and more. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Who freaking knows? But also the whole weird suicide note, and then Courtney said he's going to take all their money and disappear. So, like. Well, okay. So, here's a little tidbit, too. Like, I also learned that somebody else kind of pointed out, like, that wasn't a suicide note. That was probably just, like, a journal entry. So, that's not to say that in his journal, he wasn't discussing, you know, what he wanted to do and talking of ending his life and those kind of things. So, like, it's not unheard of, but that doesn't mean that because because it was there that it was specifically meant to be a suicide note like i know that that's a really gray area but that's my opinion yeah yeah i could see that and like i don't know it's when this we weren't there courtney was there yeah was it something like the note was just sitting next to her him on the desk or was like the note in a journal in a nightstand exactly you know, like, like that's what i mean put away i don't know yeah. and who knows and in the when we originally were gonna have this split up into just one episode i wasn't really gonna touch much on courtney's background but now that we kind of have a little bit more time i did a little bit of research so we'll talk about it in just a little bit but i do 
think that her background significantly plays a part into this whole entire situation. Like, I don't think we can just ignore it. So anyways, yeah. we'll talk about it in a second. But moving on, following the quote unquote attempt, Kurt was hospital hospitalized in Rome for five days before returning to Seattle. So here's where things start to get like super sketch. And then it becomes a he said, she said. So guys, you just have to like put on your listening ears. If you are really more interested in a ton more details, you can go on Reddit pages for literally days finding out different things. So just I had to take all the information and eventually I had to just like stop looking because if you look, you find more. And then, yeah. So the Rome situation happened in the beginning of March of 1994. Then on March 18, 1994, the Seattle police are actually called by Courtney Love, who states that Kurt has locked himself in a room, he's got guns, and he's going to hurt himself. So cops show up, they take the guns and the pills, and according to the police records, Kurt explains he was not suicidal, he was just trying to get away from her. To which, me, (laughs) I mean... I don't, I don't know. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. See, like, what in the world? That is so hard. Yeah, because this would be the second time that people are saying, like, so the first time with his quote-unquote suicide attempt, he was saying, like, no, I'm just going to take the money and I'm going to dip. Like, I'm gone. And now they come back to Seattle and they get the cops call on them. And he's like, I'm just trying to get away from her kind of thing. So. See, and then, like, the two – another thing that's, like, two similarities is that Courtney is, yeah, in both situations, and she's saying it's suicide attempts. Exactly. So how credible is her word is what I'm saying. And this is what's hard because, like, Courtney Love still exists. She's still around. I don't know how into looking into all the Kurt Cobain Nirvana things to, like, hear her stuff. So, like, I don't want to come at her as a person. I'm just taking the information that I have, that I read, and making my own assumptions. But obviously, I don't know her. I wasn't there. I didn't know Kurt. So, again, we're just taking our our research and making opinions out of it, but that doesn't mean that it's fact. Yeah, and either way, it would be hard to be in either person's situation. Like, imagine being Courtney Love your significant other you're you're addicted to drugs your significant other's addicted to r- drugs he is either trying to leave you yeah or he's trying to kill himself who knows which one yeah and both but of those like suck. being in that situation yeah like both of those are awful and like you're not, probably can't comprehend either or and you're like don't even understand what's going on so maybe he is trying to leave you but in your eyes he's trying to kill himself yeah I don't know. exactly so yeah i can't like really be against her because a her mind is not in the right state. Yeah, she's not in her right frame of mind either. Yeah. So, I don't know. Either or. It's just a big mess. It's a poop show. Okay. <laughs> um, at this point, he's got all these people around him, and other people started to notice he was pretty much losing it. Whether he wanted to take his own life or not, he was fully in a crisis. So, not only was his wife worried, but his family was worried. Lots of people who were in the industry were worried, and um, it was decided by Kurt himself reluctantly that he needed to get help and that he would go into a rehab facility to detox so like apparently they had this like intervention and a lot of people were there and he wasn't gonna go for it at all he was like heck no i'm fine whatever and then after hours and hours of like talking and discussing things with him eventually he's like okay fine i'll go so he wasn't unwillingly taken but it did take him some like time to fully admit that he needed help. So arriving at the facility on March 30th of 1994, Kurt entered a rehab program in LA 
And it was apparently unknown at the time by the staff that he had even had any history of mental health or depression or suicidal ideation, which I don't understand how that's even possible. Like their records are saying like the doctors had no idea he had any issues with anything. They just thought he was there for drugs. They didn't realize that he had any type of mental health issues. So hmm. I don't, I don't know if I a hundred percent believe that. Cause I want to be like, guys, check MTV, like, come on. But who knows? Maybe at the time it wasn't talked about as much. So he seemed really happy and that he like played with his daughter. He talked with counselors, visited friends who stopped in to check on him. And so everything, everybody from the outside, everything looked like it was fine. Like he's there to get his help. He's fully participating. He's not there unwillingly, like all that kind of stuff. So everybody was just like, all right, get in detox and get out and it'll be great. And then there's no Courtney in this situation. No, I think Courtney was there with their daughter, like visiting okay. and stuff like that. But it, but again, there were no issues. It's not like people were fighting or that he was being aggressive or rude or mean. Like it just seemed like he was just like, oh yeah, we're here. Let's get this done. Like he was a willing participant, like all that kind of stuff. Oh, I thought it's just like he was way more happier because Courtney was there. Was like, oh. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think she was oh. there. So the following day, Kurt actually goes outside to have a quick smoke break. He then scaled a six foot high fence and found his way to the airport and flew himself back to Seattle without anyone knowing he had even been missing. To which I'm like, what? He's Kurt freaking Cobain. What do you mean he just scaled a fence and just went to the airport, bought a plane ticket from LA to Seattle and was like, okay, bye. And nobody noticed. So friends and family, assuming that he was in treatment in LA, there were numerous sightings of Kurt in Seattle, but his family, like I said, was completely oblivious that he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how this works. I mean, he's obviously in a very nice facility in LA, yeah. right? He's probably in a very like spa like oh, for sure. facility. It's not like he's like downtown grub on the street, yeah. skid row, whatever. But like did he just have like a backpack with him that he carried around all the time and no one thought I, anything I of it? I don't know. Did he like, just have like Did they not take wallet? anything away from him? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think out. Like figure out like yeah. How did he not like pay for things? I thought about <laughs> that too. And we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I mean, there's there's proof with from credit card statements that he did go and pay for flights to go home. Like he oh, used so his he own money. Yeah, like okay. he had a credit card, used his own money. I was, gonna say, was he like, I'm Kurt Cobain, let me on the phone. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> I don't know. Could he probably have done that? Yeah, sure, but uh yeah. And it was said that I guess he sat with somebody on the way back from LA to Seattle, somebody from Guns N' Roses, I'm really sorry, I forgot who it was. And they said oh that they'd noticed, like, just something felt wrong, that he was totally normal and, like, seemed fine. Like, he wasn't, he didn't seem paranoid or anxious or anything Which is like what that. was wrong, because Kurt's always off. <laughs> yeah, but the guy That's could just, like, why. tell that something, like, something wasn't right. So... Yeah. Hmm. On April 3rd, Courtney Love hires a private investigator to find out where Kurt has gone. So eventually, after a few days, people are like, oh, crap, where's Kurt? Calls the place. Oh, Kurt's not here. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know. So Nirvana, who was supposed to play at Lollapalooza, like, they end up pulling out. And they're not going to do the show, which was a really big deal. And that was a lot of money that they would have made from that. And that's where various rumors really started swirling about the band saying like, oh, they're breaking up. Like Nirvana's not going to play at Lollapalooza. Oh, they must be breaking up. Something's wrong. 
Then there are a bunch of tabloids who claim that Courtney's been cheating on Kurt and that Kurt was looking for a divorce, to which I don't know if this happened, but apparently Courtney, these are Courtney's words. She said that the incident that happened in Rome, the first quote unquote suicide attempt, that she had been contemplating having an affair and that Kurt subconsciously must have known and that's why he attempted to do that. To which, I don't know, doesn't really, is it plausible? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. So she's saying like the only reason that Kurt, Kurt first tried to attempt suicide was because he somehow knew that she was attempting to have an affair. That she hadn't had an affair, but he was attempting it. To which I'm like, meh, you were, you were probably already having one if you were attempting to have one. So we'll just leave that there, but. Yeah, I hope that makes sense, but okay. Another article sure. claimed that during the intervention, Courtney Love actually gave Colt Kurt an ultimatum saying that if he didn't seek help, that she was going to leave him. And a former bandmate stated as well that if he didn't get help, that the band was going to like just cease to exist. So mm-hmm. um, on April 4th, Kurt's mother, Wendy, actually files a missing persons report. So at that point, he had already been missing for at least three or four days. Because again, he was checked into the facility on the 30th, would have left by the 31st. So that's April 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. Yeah, that's like four days. He's Dang. he's gone. So again, as I said, people around Seattle have witnesses of like seeing him. But again, we know how this goes because of cr- true crime today. Like, Sometimes people will be like, oh, yeah, I saw this person, even though they died, like, and just nobody knew about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So April 8th of 1994, an electrician by the name of Gary Smith arrives at the home of Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. He was there scheduled to install a security system into the home that was purchased by Kurt and Courtney in their fancy, rich Seattle neighborhood. Um. I think it was like outside of Seattle, obviously not in the city. Um, and somebody said, and I, I couldn't find the article after I read it, that it was kind of like basically where all like the Apple executives lived. So this is like a pretty like nice place. Um, in the greenhouse, which was above the garage, the body of Kurt Cobain was found having died days before and somehow gone unnoticed. Seriously, one of the most famous people on the planet at the time died undetected for days. His cause of death was a gunshot to the face with a shotgun and some suspicious circumstances surrounding it. To which I also want to notice that the face was so unrecognizable that they had to identify him not through dental records, but his fingerprints. And I quote from a police report, did so much damage to his head that the police could only identify his body through fingerprints. Dental records were no use because nothing was left of his mouth. End quote. Yikes. Yeah. So pretty significant damage. Um, According to the police records and the retelling from forensics, it is thought that the last days of Kurt were spent in Seattle. Um, They were meant to go unnoticed. Although he was spotted, he hardly interacted with anyone. Uh, Neighbors did notice him at the park near their home because I guess there was like a park either like across the street or just in the general area. And he was seen with this specific hunter's hat in which he frequently would use to hide himself in plain sight. So apparently he had like a special hat he would wear because people didn't notice him. So the neighbors saw him at this park, like hanging out with that hat. Um, Inside the room in which he died, it was said that he used a chair to block the French doors. 
He then threw open his wallet so he could easily be identified and then wrote a suicide note that he addressed to his childhood imaginary friend. He then proceeded to dig inside a cigar box in which he kept all of his drug paraphernalia, got high, and shot himself, leaving behind only the clues to the truth that took place at the time. A time in which we really don't even know, and honestly, we're not going to. Dang. That was a lot to happen. (laughs) Yeah. So, upon having an autopsy done, it was learned that Kurt had nearly five times the lethal amount of heroin in his system. And I think it was called black tar heroin. So it's like, it's not even just like the regular heroin. Like it's a step above that. So Mm -hmm. along with all the insomnia medication that we talked about from his first suicide attempt. And disgustingly, as I stated, it was an electrician who found him. Yeah, that piece of work decided that it was going to be better to call the local radio station before he called the authorities. Oh my gosh. So that resulted in his family finding out about Kurt's death via the media rather than the police. Which, that's basically, like, somebody posting it on Facebook. Like, that's just so disrespectful. Yeah. Like, I, when I read that, I was so mad. Like, I don't care how it happened, but, like, to do that to somebody, that's just so... Like, what? who, who does that? I don't understand. So... Yeah, that's jacked up. Yeah. Kurt Cobain has since become a legacy, not only for his band, but also the impact that he made on, like, the grunge punk alternative scene. He's an icon to teens everywhere, and he's still 100% relevant, even though he's died almost 30 years ago. So while we recognize his life, we can take a peek behind the curtain and we analyze the information that's out there. This is where we get to bring in all the theories. This is the part we've kind of, like, been building up to. So here are the options, and obviously I wouldn't bring this to anyone's attention if it wasn't a a thousand percent proven that it was just a suicide right so i'm what i'm gonna do is list off the options and then we're gonna kind of go into more details and the evidence as to why we even have these thoughts so again like we wouldn't even be covering this if like oh it was a suicide it's just not something but because there's some unusual circumstances there's some just different evidence that just doesn't add up to me that's why i'm bringing it to anyone to everybody's attention. So theory number one, he did in fact commit suicide. Is it viable? Yes, absolutely. Theory number two, he was murdered. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense to where him being murdered or some sort of homicide took place, I am on board for. And theory number three, that he was part of the 27 club and some weird phenomenon took place that just ended his life. All right. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the theories because I have my own theories and I think we all know what my theory is just based on like my other Okay. So comments. I think it would be fun cuz I just think it's fun. Why don't we right now say what our original like thought process? Like what did you originally think happened to Kurt Cobain? Cuz I'll say for me originally I did not think he committed suicide. I thought it was murder. Like that's what I've believed all the way up until this point. Just like I wholeheartedly believe that Marilyn Monroe was murdered. Like, I do not believe she committed suicide. I think Kurt Cobain had some suspicious circumstances around his death, and that's my original thought. However, since I've done a ton of research, I am open to the idea that it was a suicide or something else happened. Tristan, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, 
my original original thought before ever looking into the Kurt Cobain thing was he killed himself because this has always been like a famous thing yada 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 and we I remember the number one thing is like how do you shoot yourself in the freaking mouth of the shotgun your arms aren't long enough yeah but you can do it with your toes yeah (laughs) but um so I've always like you know like whatever he shot himself like he's known for being depressed he's known for being like mental health issues yada 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 yeah um now the more I listen to things the more yada 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 uh I do think that he was depressed I think he possibly was contemplating who knows we don't know Kurt I'm not inside his head But I do think that it's very interesting events leading up to this whole situation. Yeah. And certain characters in the story play big roles. Yeah, exactly. I'm very, very divided. So divided. I don't, I'm not 110% murdered. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like 60% suicide, 40% murdered. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's what's really hard because, like, you you hear one thing and you grow up thinking one thing and then when you really start to, like, get the details of things, you're like, hmm, it doesn't add up to be a suicide, but it also doesn't add up to be a homicide either. Like, there's some weird gray area, so that's where we're here. We just want to throw out all the facts and everybody can make their decision because guess what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we think. <laughs> there's the truth of True. what actually happened and there's what everybody is going to say happened. So let's be real. It's probably number three. It's probably number three. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of that, I thought it would be easiest to discuss the 27 Club first. Like, because that seems the most like far-fetched out there idea. So according to the Wikipedia page because you know that's where all the facts come from there are currently 80 names of people who have had some level of fame whose lives have ended at the age of 27. also on a side note there's even more who died at age 28. so the 27 club seems to be like the most famous but there's even more celebrities who have died by the age of 28. so anyways this theory started many moons ago but became wildly recognized in the 70s after the deaths of jim morrison jimmy hendrix janice joplin like those were when that happened everybody was like "Ooh, j names yeah first of all yeah j names but then also they all died at 27 like it's just a thing but the 27 club is said to have originated when a blues man by the name of robert johnson um died at the age of 27 and it is said that he is the one who started a curse as i um go on some of you may have heard of this so just listen for the rest of the people okay so the story goes that little robbie he wanted fame so badly but he was pretty mediocre at the guitar like wasn't that great so he made a deal with the devil at a crossroads to which my spn fans out there you remember this episode (laughs) and they totally covered this So suddenly, uh, Robert goes from being like decent, okay at the guitar, suddenly he's the best person in the business. But his life was actually cut short when he died at the age of 27 after being, quote unquote, poisoned through some wine that he was given. Ever since, it's been said that there's a curse that those who have the most talent will succumb to their success through a very short life. See, I've never heard that. I've never, I I never really like heard of the original story. Of the 27 You really club? don't even remember it from Supernatural? No, it was a Supernatural no. episode in season one. Where are you at? 
anyways oh, freaking no not there <laughs> not there yeah so that's where the original story has come from and again you can go on and do your own like google search and you can find like since robert johnson how many people it's been about 80 people who have died from it that have been like pretty significantly famous not not as significantly famous as like the jim morrison janice joplin you know Jimi hendrix people but still like they were in bands and you know all of that kind of stuff I want to look up the 27th Club, like, really quickly, because I I know, obviously, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Isn't Brit- is Brittany Murphy one of them? No, Brittany Murphy, I think, was 32 when she passed away. Oh, that's lame, because I was like, her death Hers was super so sus. suspicious, and I actually just saw something in Apple News that is, they're doing a documentary about her, and how her, like, husband oh at the God, time- all gonna die. Well, yeah, like, the weird death of her husband, but then it's also said that, like, I guess her husband was, like, a super suspicious person to begin with, but I wanted to be like, can't you just be from, like, the Pacific Northwest so we could cover it, but she's not, so. I know. I would love to do her so bad. Yeah. Anyway. So, um- yeah, no, I'm looking it up. Psh, the only recognized person I really know is Amy Winehouse, so it's kind of lame. Who are these people? I've never heard of them in my life. You've never heard of Jimi Hendrix? Who are you? No, I know those people. Oh, okay. I meant, like, recently. I was trying to look up, like, ones that happened recently that would, like, be in the news or something. I think Amy Winehouse was, like, the biggest one that, yeah. like, and I feel like it's kind of, like, a generational thing. So there was, like, what happened in the 70s, and then Kurt was the next one to happen, and then Amy Winehouse, and, like, I guess we're in the era of a new person that's going to pass away at 27. Like, unfortunately, I hope it doesn't happen, like, because it's not a great thing for someone to die so young, but I don't know. I feel like we're due because just... Well, and the last one to happen was in 2020, and it was actually Elvis Presley's grandson. Oh, weird. I didn't know that happened. And it was by suicide. Yeah. Well, and that's a lot of time. It's drug overdoses slash suicides is the way that these people pass. Yeah. So... On the same page that I found some of the info of the 27 Club curse, they also stated that Kurt Cobain actually had a connection to Buddy Holly, whom I guess also had a curse, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And he was linked (laughs) to many other artists who died under sad circumstances at well. So not only was Kurt part of this like 27 Club, but I guess there's like a Buddy Holly curse. And I don't remember how many people had died because of the Buddy Holly curse, but I think it's like maybe under 10. But like, still, that's that's a lot. That's way I too mean, many anyone dying die. from Buddy Holly? Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> any number is not good for anybody who's like, okay, what's the connection between Nirvana and Buddy Holly? Well, the band actually mimics the style of Buddy Holly in the video that they made for the song In Bloom, and you everybody like knows the song, but like when you go watch the video, um, Kurt Cobain actually dressed up as Buddy Holly, like wearing the same kind of glasses. And for those of you who are like, who on earth is Buddy Holly? Well, yikes for you. But he uh, he was a famous artist in the 50s, and he was on tour, so he wasn't 27. He, I think he was 22 when he passed away, but he tragically died in a plane crash at a young age. And since then, there have been people who have had strange connect- connections to him that have died. Obviously, Kurt Cobain is the most, like, well-known, but, I mean, there's there's a list out there that you can go read that had, like, weird, strange connections to Buddy Holly, who ended up dying under Oh, my weird goodness. Weezer, you need to watch your back. I know. Ah! Well, no. One of the um, – one, I think it was the drummer for Weezer – committed suicide in 2014 to which i didn't even know i don't know i think he was like the original drummer 
maybe not the one that they've oh, been touring with lately okay. but yeah yeah but yeah oh, and goodness. obviously they have their song called buddy holly if, if you live under a rock and you've never heard it sorry that's not to be disrespectful but yeah <laughs> anyways thus we arrive at the biggest debate of the day of it's it's one of the biggest debates I feel like pop culture wise of the last 30 40 years. Did Kurt yeah, I agree. commit suicide or was he in fact murdered? First off, like I said, honestly, I don't know. I definitely lean towards murder, but doing the research I've done on my own, watching all of the interviews and documentaries, reading as many articles as my brain could contain, I can see both sides. I can totally see how the past and proof of his drug use, his mental health issues could be related to him wanting to end his own life. Like people pointed out, they're like, he used to take pictures with guns in his mouth all the time. And I'm like, okay, I know plenty of people who take ridiculous pictures, but that doesn't mean that they're trying to die. However, I can also see the side, and I really saw it echoed on Reddit that honestly, Kurt, he wasn't, he's not here to defend himself on things. And the scene that was left behind seems a little bit too much of a coincidence for me, in my opinion, that made it seem like he there's he didn't do it himself. And you even just said it a little bit ago, the whole shotgun thing. He wasn't even tall enough for the shotgun to have shot himself, first of all. There's just that. Wait, could he not do it with his toes? No, that's what I'm saying. Like they're like, there's no way he was even tall enough to have done it with his toes. But <gasps> again, again that's just people saying things we don't have that's the full true are you the medical report? examiner yeah. did you personally tape whatever measure him yeah but we're just gonna talk about all the different little things so first let's talk about the facts that point to suicide because those seem to be pretty easy to grab at right we're not pulling him out of thin air so first of all there's the fact that he left rehab with no interaction or communication with his wife his friends or his family there was in fact a suicide note that was left behind and he was a drug abuser and there were drugs found in his system at the time of his death. Not to mention he had a history of mental health issues. He had already attempted before and actually who knows really how many times he'd attempted because we don't know if there were times where he attempted as a teen and it just didn't work or whatever. Like all of those facts are 100% out there. If you want to go find them, yes. you can go find them. It's not like, oh, I've uncovered something. And that's the kind of thing <laughs> like, I, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm not bringing anything new to the table, but I am bringing things like there's stuff like for me personally, there were things that I didn't know. So it's not like it's anything new as being unearthed, but at the same time, there might be things that maybe you just haven't heard of yet. So that's why we're here. So how freaking ever all that stuff's out there, right? There's also a lot that just really doesn't add up to me, including coincidences that seem too coincidental to me. And seriously, you can go on rabbit trails for hours on Reddit. Like I said, I literally had to stop going on Reddit because I just kept clicking and clicking and clicking. And then you go down and you read all the comments and people are pouring in all of their opinions and quoting things that it gets to be too much. And my anxiety was like, Taylor, you have to stop. <laughs> So yeah, right. It's a dark place. It can be. <laughs> so just a few of the reasons that I find it hard to believe that he committed suicide stems from the fact that number one, the suicide note was a total mess. To me personally, it kind of looked more like a journal entry than a goodbye. And the whole bottom sentences were clearly someone else's handwriting. Like 100%. They've even sent it into like unsolved mysteries to where some one person was like, yeah, that's 100% not his handwriting. And the two other people were like, it's inconclusive. 
which basically means they didn't want to be the ones to say that's not his handwriting because it would have caused chaos. But at the same time, like they couldn't confirm that it was 100% his. So the suicide note, if you want to read it, you can Google it. It's out there. It's really long. I don't, I mean, they put it on t-shirts. It sounds wild. It sounds wild. He he was all over the place. To his imaginary friend. Yeah, it was addressed to his imaginary friend. Iconic. And yeah, it's just kind of all over the place. To which was he probably high when that was written? Absolutely. <laughs> like I don't think a sober-minded person would have written down the things that he wrote down. Not that there's anything scandalous in it whatsoever, because there's not. But it just it's like rambling. It's just rambling. To where I could see the point of view where some people have pointed out, like, that wasn't a suicide note. That was probably just, like, him, like, journaling. Because he was known for, like, journaling and writing things down. Come on. Mm -hmm. Read his freaking... Listen to his lyrics, friends. So, anyways, let's talk about the amount of drugs that were found in his body that would have been lethal for five human beings. And I quote, there was enough heroin in Kerb... Kurt Cobain to kill five people. Police claim Cobain then had time to put a syringe and other paraphernalia away neatly in a box before picking up a shotgun, to which it was said it was highly unlikely since such a large dose of heroin incapacitates people in seconds. Yeah. I'm going to repeat that. It incapacitates people in seconds. End quote. So we're supposed to believe that he drugged himself. He was able to clean up his stuff, lay out his wallet so that he could be identified, perfectly pick up his mess, and then just shoot himself in the face. Like, I get it. Sure, it's plausible, but that doesn't even mean that that's exactly what happened. That's just a freaking crime scene, guys. That doesn't even start touching on the suspicious activity of his wife, Courtney. So, <sighs> go ahead. Okay. So, just thinking, I just want to think through this really quickly. Yeah. I don't know much about drugs, especially heroin. Yeah. Um, is that something that you can build a tolerance up to? Because, look, if it is, that man must have the highest tolerance in the world. Okay, so right, here's right. where things start to get suspicious. And on Reddit, this is what people throw out all the okay. time. So, first of all, yes, can you build up a habit for heroin? Yes, absolutely. However. And like a tolerance where it doesn't affect you as much. Yes, that's true. Okay. However, the amount of black tar heroin that that man had in his body still would have incapacitated a, a person who's addicted to it through and through. Like, okay. the amount that he had just does not make sense, medically speaking. Unless he's some freaking superhuman, which I'm not saying he wasn't. Who knows? There's, it just, it was too much. And, and I'd like to throw this out there, and I think I might have written it down later on. And there were doctors... I don't know if where the proof came from, but there were doctors who said that he was actually clean, that he had gotten clean before this incident had happened, to which, I don't know, was it super out there? Obviously, we knew he was trying to get clean, but there was somebody who tested his blood, and I guess that there's a way that you could see in his blood whether he had been, like, a user or whether he had been, like, a past user. You know, like, how with smokers and stuff like that, even if you quit smoking, 30 years before you died, like you can still tell that someone's been a smoker and that they stopped kind of thing. So there was something mm -hmm. that was done with Kurt's blood where they were able to see at one point he did get off heroin. He was not using heroin. So the whole thing to say that he had built up a tolerance, if he had been clean, like some people say, and he did that, it, it would have knocked him out. Like he would have died from that. Also, just to say... 
yeah, the doctors are saying, oh, yeah, Kurt's been clean for, like, months. But they also didn't know Kurt had any suicidal mental health issues. Like, well, that's what I mean. These are different doctors talking, so doctors who knows? make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, like, I feel like certain doctors – I mean, obviously, yeah, certain doctors, but some doctors are, like, looking over stuff and, like, who – and again, it's it's Kurt Cobain. I don't know. It could be one of those things, too. Whoever is in charge, Courtney, Courtney is in charge of him because she's his wife. Could she told the doctors, like, I'm going to pay you off. You better make it seem like he is clean. Oh, He's absolutely. A good boy. Yada, yada, yada. Like, we're going to go deep down into Courtney soon. I know that. But you know what I mean? Like, I just I don't believe doctors. I don't believe doctors, especially like celebrity doctors. Sorry. Like, if you're a celebrity doctor, you're freaking sus. And they're liars and they get paid off. So that's all I got to say. Yeah. Well, interestingly, while I was looking for Reddits because you brought up Courtney, that kind of gave both sides because that's what I wanted to see. Like, I don't want just one sided. I want both sides. I want to see what both people are saying on either side to kind of like take the collection and make an opinion myself. So I found a meme that was made stating that, yes, Kurt did um, buy guns. He was worried about people trespassing on his property on top of the fact that everyone and their mom was pretty much aware that his marriage wasn't the most solid. So it was said that he was actively pursuing or she was actively pursuing to either have an affair or was already having an affair, like I said, in Rome, which was the explanation of his quote unquote first suicide attempt. But then once his life ended, suddenly Courtney turns the tables and is like, guys, he wasn't all that great. He's erratic. He's a mess. And the marriage wouldn't have lasted anyway. So just look at this meme. It's got a picture of Kurt Cobain. And it said on the top, I bought a gun out of fear of intruders. I bought two plane tickets leaving Seattle. I told people I was divorcing Courtney. And then it shows a picture of Courtney. And it says, I told people Kurt was suicidal. I was in LA and I was too busy to look for him. I have a record of lying and violence. So let's go ahead and take a pause on Kurt and let's talk about Courtney freaking love. Okay. I did some research. So first of all, um, in our next episode that we're actually covering, we're covering uh, the Oregon State Hospital because there's just some shady stuff that's gone on there. And while I was looking at the history of all of the state institutions in Oregon, I found a page that says, most notable patient, Courtney Love. And I just went nuts. I was like, what? So apparently... Courtney Love was born to her parents. Her father was the manager for the Grateful Dead. So there you go, Hollywood tie. He's probably pretty successful or whatever. And her mom was a psychiatrist. Now their relationship wasn't all that great. So Courtney actually, when her parents um, decided to separate, uh, her dad actually lost custody of Courtney because he was known to have given her LSD at the age of four. LSD at the age of four, friends, okay? Why do people waste their drugs on kids? That's, like, (laughs) expensive. That's the thing I've never understood. Well, that's a waste. Courtney's mom, for obvious reason, was like, let's get out of here. So she actually moved Courtney up here to Oregon, and she spent most of her childhood living in the Portland metro, like, area. But at one point, um, she was actually adopted by her her mother's second husband, and then when that marriage didn't work out, um, they moved to New Zealand. Then when she got to New Zealand, her mom put her in some sort of like prep school or whatever. And Courtney actually got kicked out because of behavior issues. Hmm. Imagine that. So then her mom sends her back to live in Oregon with her ex-stepfather. 
And when he couldn't control her, they actually kicked her out and put her in the Hillcrest School for Girls, which was basically like a juvenile detention type place for kids who were naughty, basically. So Courtney spent a couple years in that facility, and I was able to read some of the records that like the doctors had written about her. So apparently she's super smart, like freakishly intelligent. At one point, her mom thought she may have had autism, but again, this was the 70s, so it wasn't really like a tested thing, but she was also freakishly defiant. So she would do anything and everything socially to just kind of screw things up, but she was a very intelligent person. And so she kind of like, and I feel sad now that I like think about it, obviously it had to have had something to do with her traumatic childhood i don't know when your dad's giving you lsd at four like what else is going on around you yeah and then the whole like jumping around from parent to parent to being kicked all over the place like that's got to do something to you so it said like she's very strong-willed and she and this was taken when she was like 12 or 13 years old like these analysis or whatever um saying like she knows the difference between right and wrong but she'll kind of like manipulate people and do what she needs to do to get what she wants so if she can be good to get what she wants she's gonna do it if she has to act out to get what she wants then she's gonna do it and that's just how she is which is interesting because her daughter who's now 28 um actually she lost custody of her daughter and her daughter was known for having said like when my mom's clean she's the smartest most beautiful person i've ever met but when she's not she's so insane that i couldn't be around her and this was when she was like a teenager that this the yeah. daughter was saying these things so courtney actually lost custody of her daughter uh i think in 2005 to which the daughter would have been born in like what like 93 so she was like 12 or 13 and she was actually raised by like kurt's mom and i think now since she's grown like her and her mom's relationship is kind of like mended but there was a long time where she didn't even talk to her mother so if that gives any light sheds any light as to like what kind of person courtney is there you go so Jumping back into the whole Kurt situation, it was also said that she didn't talk to Kurt for days before he was found. So, like, she just thought he was in rehab. So, I don't know if they just weren't the type to communicate, but I don't know. How often do you and Tanner talk? You're not even married. Uh, How often do you and Tanner talk? Well, we talk a lot. And when he's gone and, like, does his fishing or hunting trips, I know it's obviously not as frequent, but do you still check in with him, like... I'm not gonna oh my god he gets mad at me because like he goes fishing hunting there's no service and i'll still text him and be like when are you gonna come home yeah and he'll like you know call me in four hours and be like why do you even try i'm <laughs> yeah i'm not coming home until i get service and then you'll know i'm coming home kind of thing so to which yeah i'm just trying to paint the picture of like even if your husband's in rehab you would have had communication with him i'm pretty sure in rehab it's not like prison where you can't have communication well, with people every single day and he- they visited him. Yeah. The daughter well, like, at they, least visited well, him. Well, no, they like dropped him off kind of thing, but it was like after they left, Courtney didn't talk to him or actively do anything until his mom had like put in a filed or filed the missing persons report. And apparently well, I- Courtney was found at a hotel in LA with her band member, like sharing a room with her band member while her daughter was in another room with the nanny. Hold up. You you messed up. Why? You said that she filed a missing person, a person. Not she didn't file a missing person. She did a private investigator. Yeah, I know. Like, on the third, 
And then the mom did it on the 4th. Oh, yeah. So she knew he was missing before the mom filed it. Yeah. Filed it. But she, but still, she never freaking talked to him. And it's not like, like, I don't know. Did she know he was missing? She was, he was missing. Like she tried to call him and he didn't answer. And then she instantly was like private investigator. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's what one would assume, but listen to this. So like I said, she was found at a hotel with her band member with their daughter in another room with a nanny. And the police were called to that same hotel that she was staying at on April 7th, which was the day before Kurt's body was found. And she was actually taken to the hospital for an apparent overdose. Now, when she was released the next day, which would have been the day in which Kurt's body was found, she was actually arrested on drug-related charges, but her lawyer insisted that she wasn't having an overdose, rather just an allergic reaction. To which I say, hmm, pretty freaking interesting that you seem to have had like a drug overdose the day before your husband's body was found. After you've already hired a private investigator. And tell me how you've hired a private investigator, but no one's managed to check your house. Because yeah. people were have said to, oh, they went and checked the house, but just nobody checked in the room above the garage. That seems pretty convenient to me. Like, how do you go check a house, but you don't check everywhere? If you go there and he's not there, like, I'm sorry. If I went somewhere and I had to check all the spaces, I'd check the freaking shed where you live. Like... If you're missing, you look everywhere. Especially if you are thinking he, like, if we get into the Courtney Love's mindset, she's already stated before. Well, she didn't state before, but he stated, I'm leaving you and I'm taking all the money. Yeah. So you would expect he's going to hide. Oh, he's yeah. He's not going to be for sure. out in plain sight sitting on the couch watching TV. So, yeah, of course you need to check everywhere. And it just seems like this private investigator, quote unquote, private investigator that you hired is really bad at private investigating. Is he good at other things that I have a theory on? Probably. Great at it. Well, here's the but thing this that's private investigating, not very good at. Here's this thing that's kind of interesting, and I'm not gonna touch a ton on it because there's so much controversy that surrounds it. So basically, as soon as she hired this guy. He has been her PI for a while, and even after the death, like, trying to figure out what happened, but he eventually turns on her, and he's the one who actually is mm. one of the people who points out a lot of the stuff that doesn't make sense as to how, like, she should have been looked at as the person, whether or not she did it herself, like, she should be the one that should be looked at for stuff. So, anyways, also, I find it super interesting the fact that Courtney, over the years, has grown colder and colder to her husband's image and icon status, but she still manages to, like, say what she needs to say to, like, please the Nirvana fans, but at the same time kind of contradicts those statements whenever she has to speak to the outside media, like, outside of the whole Nirvana realm. Then... Lately, Courtney's name has been pulled into even more scandal because her name was one of the celebrity names listed with the actions and relations with Jeffrey Epstein. So I'll just go ahead and let that sit there for a second. She also has Reddit pages that claim that her Hollywood family has been tied to sex trafficking, occult practices, and other devious activities. Again, that stuff's from Reddit, so anybody can say anything or post whatever they want, and it doesn't have to be founded as true, but it is interesting. Oh, and I did want to share this because it kind of made me giggle, and I quote from a user on Reddit, Kurt Co and I quote, Kurt Cobain was killed by the Illuminati for participating in an anti-sex trafficking documentary, end quote. Because a lot of people try to say that, um, and it actually ties like Br Brittany Murphy into this, like people who were actively, openly speaking out against the whole like sex trafficking industry and stuff like that have 
all managed to die under weird circumstances. Hmm. Also, I love this theory. Um, there's another theory that Courtney was actually having an affair with Dave Grohl, the drummer who became the Foo Fighters lead guy, and that he wanted to disband Nirvana so he could focus on his own project, but Kurt wasn't interested so it was just better to take Kurt out. So I don't really think that that theory has much merit, but I still wanted to include it just for funsies because <laughs> when I asked mom, I was like, I was like, this is my mom. Our yeah. And like I wrote this, I wrote this before she told me, but I asked mom, I was like, mom, do you think Kurt committed suicide or do you think it was a homicide? And she was like, um, Kurt was jealous of Dave Grohl. And so he killed himself. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I was like, okay, <laughs> like, whatever. And since I've talked to mom and I've kind of shared some of the things that I've like researched and she's like, wow, I didn't know that. And I was like, of course you didn't because your theory was that Kurt killed himself because he was jealous, jealous of Dave Grohl, which I disagree with. I do not think that Kurt was jealous of Dave. I think both of them are equally talented um, and Kurt just happened to pass away early. So that's why his legacy is as huge as it is. So, also, because of Courtney and her behavior, I guess I do have to mention that the PI that she did hire um, to try and find Kurt has simply dedicated his life now to proving that she, in fact, wanted him killed. And while she may not have been the one to do it, it was said that she tried to hire multiple people to do it for her. Whether it was because he was going to leave her or he was worth more to her dead than he was alive who knows but there were instances where a man came forward and stated that courtney approached him with the offer of fifty thousand dollars to in his words quote unquote blow his brains out but that he didn't take the deal and weirdly after that interview came out like you can youtube this his name was el dolce i think uh he was murdered like okay so my theory totally went down the drain. I thought she hired the private investigator to kill Kurt, but obviously no. he did not kill Kurt. So she hired someone else. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, we could go round and round in circles as to the evidence that points to a suicide as well as murder. And there's just so much out there and everything is so circumstantial. But I would like to make mention that strangely, as I said before, many people as, are stuck as to what the truth is. So uh, I said it in the last episode, the FBI actually released the documents which were insisting, so there were these documents that were sent to the FBI insisting that Kurt was murdered and they pointed out all the evidence, which is all the stuff that I've listed out here. And um, saying that like the FBI needed to take it into their hands and reopen the case. I read through all the FBI files and they basically cop out and they say that it's out of their jurisdiction. To which I'm like, you're the FBI. What do you mean it's out of your jurisdiction? Like, I don't even understand that. What's, what is their jur? Yeah, what is their jurisdiction? Like, I don't understand. Is yeah. it because he's dead Where, already? He's I have no idea, years? but they're like, well, it falls under the Seattle jurisdiction and it's kind of out of our hands. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you're the FBI. That. Like, that makes <laughs> zero sense to me. Huh. Um, interestingly, years after the Seattle Police Department originally ruled the death as a suicide, because that was the official cause of death, was that it was a suicide. Um, there was another officer, and his name was Detective Antonio Terry. Reportedly, he went against his supervisor's orders not to investigate in Kurt Cobain's death as anything but a suicide, but he actually went back and he investigated the source of the heroin in Cobain's body, 
And then someone murdered Detective Terry, making him the first active duty Seattle police officer to die in nine years. A coincidence? I think not. Uh, it could be. But <laughs> and it is kind of sus. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, another officer investigated the case in 2014, and he found that there were a bunch of photos from the crime scene that were never developed, as well as information about the fingerprints that were or were not present on the gun as well. And that's when this guy also found the statement that said that Kurt wasn't even tall enough to have shot himself in the way that he did because he wouldn't have been able to reach it. Oh, and on Reddit, Someone said that the gun has since been melted by Courtney after Kurt's death was ruled a suicide and they returned the gun to her. So this is I don't all know. so interesting. Yeah, and I don't know how accurate that is because when I kept reading, there were multiple people that were like, yeah, Courtney got the gun back and she melted it. But then somebody else said, no, the police had it for years because they did. And I did read that, that they had the gun and it was put away, but that they didn't really like check it for prints because they found like Kurt's on it. So they were like, okay, whatever, we got his prints. He did it himself, blah, blah, blah. And we see this time and time again. We're like, if it looks like a suicide, eh, they don't have time for it. They're going to make it a suicide. Like, I have, I don't even know how to say it. Like, I have heard through coroners that say, if it looks like a suicide, then it is a suicide. So all you really have to do is make it look like one, and the cops don't have the time to go and see if it wasn't kind of thing. And that's in Oregon. Like, I have my little sources in Oregon that have said that, but that doesn't mean that Seattle's that far away that they wouldn't do the same thing. So I don't know. I think it's all sus. Um, and I'm surprised that they would return the gun to her. Cause from what I understand, police officers, like the guns that they find on whatever, whatever, a lot yeah. of times they just destroy them. Yeah. And that's they what I figured return too. Them. That's like, why would you return the gun that, why would you want the gun that your Which, husband supposedly shot himself with? I know. And see, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if that's just like a Reddit rumor or whatever, but people are saying that she got the gun back and then she just melted it. So who freaking knows? Which I don't know. I don't think that really makes her. I, I think there's lots of things that make her guilty. I don't think that makes her guilty because, again, girl, what the frick would you, I want to do with the gun that my husband committed suicide with? Like, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, melting it. Okay, cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really surprised that the police returned the gun. I'm surprised about this whole police thing in general. I don't know if we're going to go back to it or if I should talk about it now. My thoughts. No, but... I want you to talk about it now. Like, what are your thoughts? Give them to me. Okay. Well, I just don't understand how they didn't develop certain pictures. They didn't do whatever fingerprints, yada, yada, yada. And like, I'm sorry, but this man is famous. Right? Like, it's I Kurt freaking Cobain. What are you talking about? Some homeless person down the street under a bridge and no one cares, I guess, which like is rude. You know, we all should care about people, yada, yada. But you can't yeah. tell me these police officers are like, oh, yeah, here's all these pictures we took of Kurt Cobain's crime scene. And, oh, we just totally forgot to develop them. Like, huh? To which that's where <laughs> I think it's yeah. sus and somebody's covering for somebody. Someone has like, to be covering. Somebody has to be covering it for somebody because wouldn't want to develop them, not to be a psychopath, but I'd be like, oh, my gosh, like it's Kurt Cobain's crime scene. Like, well, then we it's also it, like, let's all look into this. Let's look at the pictures like yada, yada, yada. I, I also know. think it's interesting because when the cops showed up, I guess they were asking like 
people in the area like have you seen him and everybody's like no we didn't see him and somebody brought it to my attention too that it was courtney who ordered for that electrician to show up and be there yeah to like find the body and to me that just sounds even more sus like oh some random electrician city worker guy like he's the one who found him and the part of the reason that he called the radio station first is because it's like one of his like family members worked for the radio station that seems too coincidental for me like just personally like Mm. to have those kind of connections and like oh suddenly like that's who finds out like someone who's close to some sort of media attention yeah is the person who finds him like i don't know it just it's all just doesn't it it does not add up to me to where i start to lean more towards homicide because the suicide seems like such an easy answer like, oh, well, we, he had all of this, so obviously he did it, close the story, like, close the book, it's done. Yeah, exactly. To me, it doesn't add up like that. And lastly, it was brought to my attention, because seriously, you can ask anybody who was old enough to have been alive when Kurt died. I've been asking them, because it's like, I, it's like one of those things, like, you just, it's iconic. I remember when Michael Jackson died, I can tell you exactly where I was, what I was doing, like, those kind of things, so I've Same. been asking a lot of people about Kurt Cobain, like if you were alive and one of the people brought it to my attention, like they were like, hands down, it was not a suicide because of how much he loved his daughter. Like there's no freaking way if he didn't trust Courtney, why would he leave his wife with his daughter? Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. She was only a toddler at the time of her dad's death, but like no one would leave if she's that crazy and erratic and they had such a like back and forth he wouldn't have been that selfish to take his own life and leave francis with courtney so i don't know also speaking of francis um his daughter just because i think that this is just like mind-boggling to me so the estate of kurt cobain is legitimately worth over 150 million dollars today Okay, with record sales, merchandise, royalties, among whatever else is tied to his name, it's estimated that his daughter receives about $100,000 per month from her father's estate. And in an interview that I read with her, um, it states that it's really like too much for one person. And she really doesn't even like the responsibility of it because she feels like this. I did nothing to earn this. Like, I don't really want this money, but I get it. And like, I think it was all kind of like put in a trust until she was old enough to have it. So it doesn't mean that like Courtney got it, thankfully, but obviously Courtney did get some because she's been staying in the public eye since Kurt's death. But I don't know. It's just, there's just so much that again, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up to me. So at the end of the day, I feel like I still kind of stand in my spot where could i see that it was a suicide yes absolutely do i think it was a suicide no not really i kind of teeter more on the scale of it was a murder cover-up and courtney just wanted him gone and had him taken out and that's my opinion so yeah what Um, about you what do you think I don't know. It's just, it's really complicated. It's really hard. Like, you wouldn't want to, you know, put that much pressure on Courtney and think that she would do this. Yeah. But there is a lot of things pointing to her involvement. And I mean, since day one, it seems like, like, what was that one thing she said? 
way back when. Hold on. We need it. Oh, wait. We're not on the same one. <laughs> it's awkward. Never mind. What? But um, I don't remember what she said. It was like on it. I think it was on the other page. That's okay. But she pretty much was like, you know, oh, yada, yada, yada. He loves his life. He would never do that kind of thing. But then she's yeah. totally like switched pages. And now she's like, well, he was really depressed and didn't like his life. You yeah, know what I mean? And- there was and like that's the thing. Yeah, he wanted to. He wanted to perform. He wanted to make money. He wanted to be the fam- most famous person in the world. And now she's like, you know, started singing a different tune of like, well, he really didn't want to anymore. He was gonna quit Nirvana anyway. Yada yada. I was having an affair. Like our marriage was gonna like end soon anyway. Yada, yeah, like yada. none of her stuff adds up. She's he was all gonna over like the take the money and just leave and go like live his own life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, and that's just, I don't know. She just kind of like really switched up, yeah. which is sus, of course. But I don't, I don't know. And the whole private investigator thing, like, that guy must have, no offense to you. I mean, you're coming out and saying like it was a sus situation, but like, do you really suck that bad at like investigating? Like, you went to the house, well, but you didn't look around like were you yeah. told not to look around were you told just like okay go to the house like he'll either be in the kitchen making a sandwich or in the bathroom taking a poop like there's there's <laughs> don't look anywhere else like you know what I mean like yeah, I just don't see, understand that's what that I, mean. I don't know and he has a whole website and he's written books and and a lot of people don't trust him either because they're like dude you're just out here to make a pretty 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 penny Maybe for yourself is, like then. you don't care either way but some of the stuff that he brings forward and like the conversations that he had with Courtney, like she was the one who was constantly pointing fingers at Kurt saying like, oh, he's two-sided. Like he's really not like this, but I think it's more her. I think that that's how she's been. Like she wants the media to see her as this poor widow, but yeah. in reality, she's kind of like this monster behind things. And I don't know. I, I, being a parent's freaking hard, like hands down hardest thing I've ever done in my life but when you have a child and you go through a death, like you have to pull yourself together. Like you don't get, you can have bad days. That's totally fine. But you don't get to check out and you don't get to like fall apart just because something bad happened to you. And I am a hundred percent speaking like out of experience. So I just don't get the selfishness that she's had. And dude, you lost freaking custody of your kid. You lost custody of your kid. You have all the resources on the planet. Seriously as a human being to get help that you need, but you still manage to like fall apart and be like a gigantic mess. And I'm not trying to not have sympathy because I, I get it. Like, trust me, I get it. But it just doesn't add up to me. Like, it just seems like, well, you were doing something. And so you're, you've been so busy trying to cover up your failures that I don't know. It's well, just a mess. Yeah. And, and again, what was she doing? Cause I know we talked about when Kurt was missing and he was back in Seattle she was, was in LA. She doing in LA that was so important that she could not fly to Seattle, but she had to send someone to Seattle to see if he was okay. Yeah, because okay, I'm gonna say something and be really freaking rude, but like your band sucks. Like you can't even. She say wasn't that you were... The only reason she's famous is from Nirvana. Yeah, well, like she had a band and she was signed with a major label, but like you can't tell me like you were so busy with your band because nirvana was literally like the band at the time like you couldn't have been bigger than him if anything you were riding his coattails so i don't understand again like you're saying like you couldn't be the one to go find your husband 
that doesn't make sense to me. Oh, I'm going to hire a private investigator. Doesn't make so sense. that to me too also makes me feel like something sus was going on. You you two weren't getting along in some way or another maritally and whether that was like I don't know had anything to do with affairs or money or whatever like something was going on because I don't understand how a wife wouldn't if you had the resources and the ability to go all over the place like yeah I would jump a flight to go across the country for my husband if something happened like that's what doesn't it doesn't add up to me like why were you so self-centered that you were busy in a hotel room with your guitarist or your drummer or whatever I don't know I think the biggest thing like the biggest missing puzzle piece to this whole situation was why did Kurt leave the rehab and fly to Seattle because there's no proof that she made him do that then that he it's oh technically he did it himself oh and it was also super suspicious because even after he died somebody used his credit card Somebody. I don't know who, but somebody used his credit card. And the only person that you could think of that would have access to that would be his wife. Right? True. Well, I'm I'm just trying to think. I'm wondering, just like trying to put myself in Kurt's shoes. If I really did hate my wife and I really wanted to leave her, would I check myself into rehab? Be like, okay, thanks, honey. Love you. Bye. I'm going to do a really great job here. No need to visit me. I'm just going to be in rehab. I'm yeah. locked up here. Like, don't come visit me. I need to get better. And then would I jump a fence, escape, fly to Seattle to my house, get all my sh- stuff, and leave? Yeah, I don't know. That's like, I'm just trying to think of, like, why would he purposely leave the rehab, like, place and fly to Seattle? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking one of two things. Either Courtney told him to do that and be like, let's go get high in Seattle. Like, leave. I don't yeah. want you here. Like, let's just – what's you know, F the world, F rehab, like, let's go do our own thing kind of thing. Yeah. And he left that and it's like snuck out that way. Or if he is sneaking out to get away from her. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's what I want. I'm, I don't know. I, I think that's like, like the yeah, two Courtney things thinks I'm, I'm going to be on. here for another two weeks. I'm going to just go home and be by myself. Like, that's yeah. totally, that's totally and maybe viable. Maybe she found out and was like, you know, like, frick you, Kurt. Like, I'm over it. Like, you make that's last straw, you know, whatever, whatever. You made me do this kind of thing, and then she sent someone on him. Which, okay, I'm sorry. To speak on that, let's circle back. Because I want to circle back around, and let's go back to the whole drug paraphernalia situation. How many freaking addicts do you know of, or just generally speaking, who clean everything up and put it all nice and tidy back away before they go and kill themselves? Or even before they just take the drugs? I don't, again not a drug addict. I really don't know. Never put needles in my body. Not my thing. So I I could be completely wrong in stating this, but it just, that doesn't make sense to me. And the fact that his stupid wallet was like flopped out open, like, hey, if anybody's wondering, I'm Kurt Cobain. I know I'm about to blow my face off, but like, even if you're suicidal, I don't really feel like you need a suicide note and you need your ID. Like that does not make sense to me. Does that make sense to you? Am I crazy? No, it doesn't make sense. And then obviously with heroin, um, when I don't know how it works like really that much. I just like know it based off of movies. I watched this show called Behind Her Eyes. You should watch it. Really good. Very trippy. <laughs> anyway, Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so they like took heroin and like I don't want to be a spoiler alert. Spoiler. They make the per- – it's it's honestly a crazy story. I'm not going to explain on this podcast, but just short story, no details. This 
they he injects someone with heroin and then he burns the house down but like since they're so high off of heroin they like literally can't move yeah like she's like stuck in bed and she like doesn't even know what's happening and she's like watching like everything around her like you know what i mean so, exactly so how, could how you, yeah <laughs> how on earth did he shoot himself with a gun that he wasn't tall enough to shoot himself with but flap his I'm, wallet out leave yeah. a freaking note also saying he shot that or the in the show they shot someone with heroin and they couldn't move so someone may have shot him with heroin to kill him he's yeah. gonna move hm. well and i'm gonna throw out the um I'm going to share the image with you of his suicide note because I just want you to see it so that you can see for yourself. Like, it doesn't make sense that this was him who wrote it, in my opinion. Like, do you see it? I see it. I'm reading. You can keep talking while oh. I read. You don't have to, like, read it or anything. I just want you to see, like, how the whole, like, bottom half, like, doesn't even look like it's his handwriting. And the things that he's just, like, rambling on, like, doesn't make sense. To me, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't know Kurt Cobain. I don't know his handwriting. But Well, and it but just look at the top and then look at the bottom. Like those are those are completely different handwriting. Those are two different people who wrote those things. That is you can't tell me that that's like what did he start using his left hand or his right hand? Like I'm pretty sure he was right handed, so did he just suddenly start using a different hand? And the fact that at the end, he doesn't really, he talks about his wife and his daughter, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, he's like, oh, keep going for Francis. You'll be so much happier without me. Oh, and somebody said, and again, I don't know how true this is, but the PI guy said that Courtney was practicing his handwriting. Like he had found proof <laughs> that Courtney had been practicing his handwriting. Dang. So there was just a lot of stuff that like doesn't make sense, doesn't add up. If it's a suicide, I feel like it's going to be cut and dry. Like, I don't know. There's well, just. I don't understand then how, why is it, why would it change? The suicide note doesn't make sense to me in any way. Why would he, what, are you saying this was too, who, who I don't even know how to, Buddha, Buddha, anyway. Buddha, um, Buddha, yeah, whatever whatever um he wrote that and then wrote half of it and then someone else finished it for him what do you mean that that doesn't make sense to me so he wrote half his suicide note and then someone else finished it is that what you're trying someone to say? else that's what i'm saying that like whoever wanted it to the, i okay this is my opinion you can take it or leave it whatever i think that he was journaling about stuff because again he was actively known for journaling wrote this thing because a lot of people said that he was done with touring he didn't want the fame anymore he wanted to leave being in nirvana altogether so that he was writing a goodbye to his fans saying like hey i'm quitting the music scene i just want to be done blah 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 because when he talks about it he talks more about he's like addressing his fans he's not necessarily addressing his wife and daughter like he talks about them but he's not really like it's not to them or whatever and the fact that it's to his imaginary friend, like how many people do you know of that leave suicide notes at, um, meant for like an imaginary friend? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Or like if you're journaling, and this again, this is just me speaking, like when I'm journaling, I will literally write dear Jesus when I'm writing things. So like you pick somebody that you're writing it to, so you're writing something to, but then Looking at the bottom part, it's completely different handwriting. And all of a sudden now it starts talking about how, like, keep going. You're going to be so much happier without me. I love you. I 
So I don't know. It just, to me, again, to me, just doesn't, doesn't add up for me. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I get, I see that now. That's what I was trying to get. Like, are you saying that like this was something he wrote before and then someone found it and it was like, oh, perfect. It's like a <laughs> Yeah, I can let's change leave, it. we'll just add this at the bottom yeah. and then make it seem like, oh, he he wrote this. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I get that. That makes sense to me. That I understand that theory. Um, no, I think it's very interesting to say the least of like just all this stuff. I think it's all sus. Yeah. All sus. But, yeah. I don't know what else to say, honestly. Like, I think... I am I think I've switched now where it's 60% murdered seven or 40%. Ooh, suicide. ooh, ooh. Sorry. And then at the end of the note, because somebody blew it up so you can actually read it, there is a part where he ends the note before all of the second handwriting comes in. So it oh. it basically says, like, thank you from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for all your letters and concern over the past two years. I'm too erratic and a moody baby. I don't have the passion anymore, so remember, it's better to burn out than to fade away, which Brendan Yuri totally quoted that, which I guess is from, like, a Neil, Neil Young song. But it says, peace, love, empathy, Kurt Cobain. And then... After that is where the second handwriting comes in and says, Francis and Courtney, I'll be at your altar. Please keep going for Francis for her life, which will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. Oh, so that's where he calls Courtney a goddess. Like that part kills me. <laughs> uh, I have a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy and a daughter who reminds me too much of what I used to be full of love and joy and kissing every person she meets because everyone is good and will do her no harm. And that terrifies me to the point where I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis becoming the miserable, self-destructive death rocker that I've become. So again, if you go back and you read this note with the context of him addressing it to his fans and quitting the music business, it absolutely makes sense what he's saying. Like saying, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have fun anymore. I don't want my daughter to become like me. I need to get out of this culture to just, like, be okay. It makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. I really don't know. It's the world's longest, biggest mystery. It is. But again, I'm still pretty positive something else happened. I mean, again, like I've said many times, we could go around and around and around and around and you could find different things to pull out. But we weren't there, first of all. We're not him, second of all. And at the end of the day, like, he's the only person who can say what actually happened. <laughs> so... I'd like to believe whether he took his life or he didn't take his life, he's going to be up there and we'll be able to ask Jesus, hey, what really happened with Kurt Cobain? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, see, this is how it went. Oh, cool. We move on. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. But anyways, um, that's basically what we have today. I guess everybody can just kind of take what we've given you. You can make your own assumptions and opinions and... First of all, let us know what you think, because I'm interested, and I am open-minded to somebody who's like, no, dead set, this is the facts, this is how it was, this is how it should have been, or whatever. Like, I'm open to that. I'm not saying that I am the know-all, end-all, be-all, but I have my opinion, I have what I think, and yeah. I also just find it really fascinating at how much we can find to, like, talk about even 30 almost 30 years ago it's interesting 
Yeah, it still blows my mind. This is 30 years ago. It feels like it was, right? like, you know, 10 years ago or something. That's what happens when you get older. It sucks. Yeah, it's true. Um, I still have the theory of, I don't know, but honestly, I think the 27 Club, he joined it. <laughs> Suspicious Just... death. It was the 27 Club. Let's be real. He sold his soul to the devil and then had to, he was only going to get fame for three years before he killed himself. See, that doesn't make sense either because I feel like everybody else had a little bit more fame, time to be famous, you know? I don't know. Sorry. But he Not lived to play hard. devil's advocate. He literally yeah. lived hard though. Like he was like living life and he was already <laughs> yeah. going through it all. So who knows? I don't know. And. Yeah. Not to be rude, but he, like, became really famous, like, more famous than, like, the other people on the 27 Club. Like, uh, I don't know who these people are, you know? So, yeah. He won in the end. Yeah. But, yeah. We thank you for listening today. Thank you for doing a fun adventure that's not the typical murder serial killer and just for the record, like, I love doing stuff like this. Like, I think that these ones, I love talking about serial killers, don't get me wrong. Like, it's a love-hate relationship. But I also do love talking about stuff that's not, oh, this person massacred these 15 families. Like, it's kind of nice to take a break from that every once in a while. So, but don't you fret, because there are still plenty of serial killers that we can talk about in the future. So, we will have more episodes for you. And... Thank you so much for listening today and go take the poll like go go tell us what you think because currently this is embarrassing i'm the only one who's answered the poll question so Loser. and i know i know that people have listened to it because i can see the stats so go find it go answer the question please for the love of all things and just remember to stay safe out there during spooky month <laughs> spooky season <laughs>